thank you so much for having us come. Brother Chance, we've had such a wonderful time to quote him. We've had a big time. We've had a big time. We've had a great time with Brother Chance and his family. And this church is so kind. Thank you so much for your kindness. I uh, have been watching some of your YouTube videos of the services and listening to the preaching. I love to listen to preaching. I could come home from church on a Sunday or a Wednesday night and they could be doing a bunch of stuff and they'll come in the room and I'll be like watching preaching videos. You would think I would be a better preacher, but you know, that's how it goes. And I, 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 I walked in today into his office and, and um, I saw, uh, he showed me something that was made for his father and uh, I, I looked up and I saw all his sermons lined on the, I don't know if you had the honor of seeing that, but I saw all his sermons lined up. Book, how many years are in there? This is 75 years of preaching. 52 years. There were just volumes and volumes of sermons. And I already know this. When you come to preach in a church like this, there's nothing you can preach that's going to be like, oh, we've never heard that before. I know that it's been preached multiple times and better. But today is a new day. There's somebody here with a new need. There's somebody here that needs to hear it again. And I've been listening to Pastor preach, and I've been listening to you preach, and Brother Hodge, I've been, Brother Hodge, I've been listening to, is that right, Brother Hodge? I've been listening to you preach. Fantastic preaching and teaching that is going across this pulpit into the, into the ears of those that want to hear what the Spirit is saying. And so today I just want to preach a simple subject, and it says God is in control. Everybody say God. Everybody say God. Come on, say it one more time. God, we're going to do it till everybody does it. Everybody say, God is in control. God is in control. Lift your hands one more time. Just pray a simple prayer, Lord. Speak to me. Speak to my family. Speak to my situation. Speak to the needs in my life. And do your work. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. We're going to start today with a very familiar story found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 27. And it reads, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest or a great storm in the sea. Insomuch, or the storm was so bad that the ship was covered with the waves. But, but, and I, I love this this part right here, you can read it with me, but, but he, or Jesus, was asleep. Everybody say, Jesus was asleep. And his disciples came to him, and they awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then Jesus arose, and he rebuked the winds, and he rebuked the sea, and there was a great calm. One more time today before I get into this, I want every person in this room to make a declaration from your heart with whatever faith you have inside of your soul. I want you to say it one more time. God is in control. One more time. God is in control. 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 How many of you like to have control? How many of you husbands would, would say amen? Your wife likes to be in control. All right. Just thought I'd throw that out there. 
control is having power or authority over someone or something. It is to be in command of something. It is to have the ability to direct or influence change in any given situation. When, when there is control, there is authority or power to determine or adjudicate or to settle issues and disputes. Authority is jurisdiction or it is the right to command this is what is going to happen in this certain area. So when we approach the church and we approach worship and we say God is in control, we are often saying more than we realize. But Jesus, he knew exactly what he was saying in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 when he declared all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Look at somebody and tell them God is in control. God is in control. Today, this is a church that believes that God has all power and that he is in control. So we live our lives based upon these principles, these core principles cultivated from our belief that God is entangled with his creation in communion and in relationship. And we believe that this all-powerful God, the creator and the controller of the universe, he actually cares this morning about how we feel and he actually cares about what we are going through. We believe today that God is taking a keen interest in our lives. And because I believe that today, be, is there anybody else that believes that in this room? Because we believe that today, we in turn attribute all of our success. We attribute all of our blessings. We take all of our victories and we attribute all of our achievements to him. We are a people that quickly give God praise for the good things that are happening in our lives. For the kind of good that, that flows out of living in right relationship with God. But we are also today the kind of people that praise God for the other kind of good. The kind of good that comes from him working all things together. So we praise him for the kind of good when God comes into our life and he takes the mess that we've made out of it and he takes all the problems that are in our life and he turns it in our favor. Amen. We believe that God is in control. God is, God is, or God should be the most prevalent portion of our life. Our families, everybody say my family, my children, my home. Our families should be blessed by operating by the principles that are found in the word of God. Our children should learn the scripture at a young age and they should be saved through obedience to its truth. 
And I'm not just talking about being saved in eternity, but our children, man, our children should be saved. That's why you have a youth pastor preaching every week. And if you're somebody that has a young person in this church, get them to youth service. Because if they'll follow the word of God, they will be saved in eternity, but they will also be saved in this natural life. They will be saved from a lot of hurt. They will be saved from pain. And they will be saved from the effects of sin sin. Every parent that is blessed enough to have children that are born into this kingdom of God or they are born and they're carried as a baby or a child into the church family or into the house of God or they're born into a home where where we are living by the word of God. We have got to use that to our advantage and we should train the child in the way that he should go. And the scripture says when he is old, he will not depart. But if our children do come and they do go through youth and they do go astray, like the prodigal son, we will throw out a lifeline and we'll do everything we can to save them and love them when they return. But it's important this morning to understand that God's way is above that. God's plan for your family is greater than that. God intends for us. God means for us. God, God wants us to live a life that is untarnished by the unnecessary suffering that is caused by sin. God intends for us to live an abundant life. God intends for every person in this room to live a life full of the Holy Ghost as an overcomer. How many of you want to live an overcoming life? Not because somebody waved a magical wand over you, but it is a direct result of living in alignment with the word of God. Someone say amen today. But sometimes, 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 we find ourselves in situations that are brought on not, not by our own doing, but by the choices of others. And sometimes when we look around and we see the mess that, that, that can accumulate pretty quickly around us, sometimes that's just the, the ebb and flow of life itself. We, we follow God, but, but sometimes we find ourselves in situations where our life and, and where our family and even our world is stressed and it is burdened by circumstances that, that are playing out way beyond what we are able to control. And it's in these moments and I want the church to preach with me today. Those that have walked the road for a while, you can preach with me and you can testify and you can encourage somebody else this morning. But it is in these moments that our faith and our devotion are put to the test. When, when your life is literally turned upside down, when you look around and you're staring at overwhelming odds, and, and when you are strained in your life physically and emotionally and financially, when, when you fight and you're fighting and it seems like you're just simply beating the air, when you look around and you're unable to manage the crisis that you are in, that is when your faith is being tried. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? As human beings, we are uncomfortable when we are at the mercy of something other than ourselves. We want to be in control. How many would be honest, honest enough to say, I, I would like to be in control this week if I could? Has anybody been there this morning? Maybe it's today. Your circumstances are making you feel like you're falling. 
and there's nothing there to stop you. And you've asked yourself, which way should I go and what direction should I walk? And sometimes we feel like nobody understands us. And is it just me? Sometimes we feel like we're just, we're just kind of lost in it all. Everyone in this room has come to this crossroad at at some point in your life. However, as, as people of faith, and this is why it's so important to, to gather together with the people of God, people of faith. As people of faith, we have learned in all of these situations that we face that we are to fall on our knees and we are to yield ourselves. Yield ourselves, not to our problems, not to our enemy, not to the issue of the day, but we yield ourselves to God and we surrender in those moments any hope of coming out, any hope of coming through, any hope of getting over. We surrender it to God in worship and right in the middle of our crisis. We place our faith. No matter how great our faith is, no matter how diminished our faith is, we place our faith squarely in God, in what God can do, in what God can fix, in what God can achieve, and we simply trust in the worst times in our life, we trust that God is in control. I believe today that God is in control. That's what faith is. Faith is a handle. Faith is a handle on something invisible. Faith allows us to pull things that are out of reach things that are impossible to get to, things that are unseen, and we pull those things towards us and believe God for those things until those things are made visible in our lives. And, and every time we go through a test or a trial and, and God comes through and, and things, are, you've been there, all of a sudden things work out and, 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 and God, we look back and we're like, wow, God really was on my side. In those moments, we are a people that we lift our voice and and we lift our hands and, and we lift our hearts like we did today. And we, we confess again that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And all along, my deliverance and my help and my escape, it is so clear to see in hindsight. Now that I've made it through, now I can understand that God really was working it out. And now I can look back in my life and I can say with the writer of Psalms, I have never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging for bread God is in control of your life today would you lift your hands and would you confess it again confess it over your family confess it over your problems confess it in the middle of your trial God you are in control these words that God is in control, spoken from experience, these, these words shake the enemy of our soul. The confession of faith in God against all odds, it confounds our spiritual enemy. Faith in God baffles the one who has taken your joy and taken your peace and made you feel like you're losing your sanity. And through it all, it baffles him when through all of that, you are a person that just keeps on believing that at any minute, God is going to come to my rescue and in faith you are a person that peers through the storm clouds and you look up and you trust that your redemption is drawing nigh and that God really is on the way and that my help is coming he'll be here any moment that is faith that believes God is in control faith looks to God for help 
in every circumstance. Faith looks to God for help in every circumstance. You, you may feel this morning, you may feel lost and you may feel out of control, but you know a God this morning that has it all figured out. And your faith coming here today and worshiping the way you did demonstrates we are a people that has given God complete control of our lives. Amen. I don't understand everything that's going on in my life. I got to be honest with you, I don't understand everything that's going on in my life, but God does. I look around and I, I'm raising five children. I look around and I don't understand every decision. And I don't understand every route that maybe these youngsters are taking. I don't understand God's plan. It's, it's, I'm looking through a glass darkly right now, but God knows and God understands. And I have to trust that he's never losing control of my situation. He's never losing control of your situation. He's never losing where you are. He knows where you are today. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. We learn about our enemy in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul writes, it's in a greater context of, of, of something else, but Paul writes and he says, lest, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. For we are not, everybody say ignorant. We are not ignorant of his devices. He, he, he is an enemy that uses subtle strategies. He comes into your life and, and he uses subtle strategies to defeat you. If he could, he would use the same snare over and over again. And if it works, he will use the same snare. But, but if you are a person that's ever overcome and if you were ever victorious, don't, don't be ignorant this morning and this week or, or don't be ignorant or unaware of his devices. The enemy is coming at you this week and he will be throwing a new method out to try to snare you. Amen. He's going to come at you from a different angle. He's going to come at you from a different look. He's going to come at you from a different method to take advantage of you. Just like the Lions. What happened to the Lions last week by the Niners? Just a little Super Bowl reference for you. What got us there tonight was the fact, by the way, we're Niners fans. So if you don't like that, deal with it. But what got us there was an adjustment at halftime. I don't know what they said or what they did, but it was different when they came out. And that's what the enemy does to you. He's going to come with something different to defeat you this week. Don't be ignorant of his devices. If you are a person that is always dealing with a new battle and you're always facing the enemy and it seems like a new problem comes up, new trials, things you never imagined that you would have to go through. Guess what? In a way, that's good news. That means that you're probably someone that's learned to fight the good fight of faith. And you're probably somebody that has a few victories under your belt because the enemy is clever and the enemy is not going to expend energy and deploy new techniques to defeat you if he can get you this week with the same thing he got you with in the first half. So he'll bring new attacks and he'll bring new methods and he'll bring new devices. And all of those things just mean that you are a person that is growing in faith. And after everything you've been through, somehow the people that are in this room, somebody say, we made it. Somehow you made it through. You're still standing. You 
you are still worshiping and you're still praising and, and you're still believing. And, and with everything that you've experienced in your life, you've, you've just added another layer of relationship with God. And, and you've just basically thickened up the shield of faith. And you've added another level of trust and belief that God is in control. So don't be discouraged today if you're in a, in the, in the spiritual battle this morning. If you're somebody that is struggling and, and it was hard for you to get with them when they were singing and it was hard for you to connect because you've been battling all week, don't be discouraged. Sometimes the toughest trial that you, you will face is when you are actually closest to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes the toughest trial that you will face is when you are actually closest to Jesus. And the closer you get to him, sometimes the harder the fight is. The closer you get, you get to Jesus, the, the hotter the fiery trial. Because the closer we get to him, the less of us there can actually be. And so we have to become like John the Baptist. We must decrease and he must increase. And, and some things in our lives... That we don't give up freely. God removes those things from us through trial. Amen. It's the trial of faith that Peter writes about in 1 Peter 1.6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season or for just a time. Tell someone next to you, it's not going to be forever. Come on, tell somebody, it's not going to be forever. He says, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold or many or, or various or multiple temptations. That the trial, everybody say the trial. The trial or, or the examination, the examination of your faith, the testing of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, it perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, in whom, though now you see him not. Have you ever been there? You know that you're a person that, that loves God. You come to the house of God and you worship God, but in your life you can't seem to see him and you can't seem to feel him. Have you ever been to that place? But Peter says, with all of that, you love him, but you can't see him. With all of that, he says, yet believing, you are a people that rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Sometimes God is working in our life and he is allowing affliction, not for your destruction, but for your salvation. The trial of your faith is for your perfection. It is not for your ruin. It's so easy to look around our life and be like, man, I'm being destroyed and we're, we're grappling with what's going on. And God's word is saying, hey, this examination is for your perfection. It's not for your ruin. Just like gold is the most precious metal, it has the greatest value and worth. Our faith this morning is the most valuable possession that we have. It is our greatest asset and our faith is what holds on to God when life happens. Our faith, everybody say our faith. 
Our faith brings salvation. That's what's bringing salvation to you today, your faith. So with this understanding, we confess again, God is in control. He, he knows your name this morning. He, he knows where you are. He, he knows what you need. He, he knows what he's doing. We believe that he's in control. And we are going to open up our eyes today, and we are going to be aware of the devil's devices. You can be as close to Jesus as you've ever been. And at the same time, you can be right in the middle of the worst trial of your entire life. And the enemy comes in. And his strategy is to convince you. And he tries to tell you that the reason you're there or the purpose for your problem is something other than God's purification plan or for the perfection of your faith. And if you let the enemy today, he will take credit for what God is trying to do in your life. But we are a people. I am a person. I'm trying to raise my kids to be people. We are a people that believe. We have made up our mind. I will not be driven away from God in my darkest hour. And I will not allow the enemy to take credit for something that God is working for my good. Amen. There's something about a person like that, that, that trusts in God in every single season. There's something about a person when things are good. You're going to find them in the house of God, giving God praise. And, and, and there's something about a person that when, when things are bad, you're going you're gonna to find them in the house of God with their hands lifted. Maybe not giving God praise, but they're going to be asking God why. Why am I going through this? In both cases, that person is a person that depends on him. Amen. When you attribute your success to him, God gets the glory. When you attribute your success to God, he gets glory. And when you come to God, maybe today before we leave this room, with a heavy and a confused spirit, and you're disoriented by the problems in your life. And you come today and you bow before God. And you pour out your heart in faith. God gets glory in that as well. There's something so beautiful about that moment. When you bring all of your problems and you lay it at the feet of Jesus. Because really what you're saying is God... I don't know what to do. You're the only one that can help me. And today I have just enough faith to believe that you're still in control. So the disciples found themselves in this situation. They followed Jesus into the storm in Matthew chapter 8. And there arose this great storm in the sea. And the ship was covered with waves. And Jesus was asleep. And his disciples came to him and they woke him and they said, Lord, Lord, you've got to save us or we're going to perish. And and he, and he said unto them, why are you fearful? Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? And then he just gets up and he rebukes the winds and the sea and, and there was a great calm. And, and, and you have to remember, make a point in your mind. Understand this. Apply this in your life today. I want you to walk out with something that you can take with you and apply to your life. These men, these disciples, they were as close to Jesus as any person has ever been. You couldn't be any closer to Jesus than these disciples. And they realized the storm would overtake them. 
and they realized, hey, we're in danger of losing our lives. And, and so they didn't have a discussion about, about what they could do to save, what can we do to save the ship? What can we do to save the ship? As the water rose, the disciples turned to the one that they knew could save them. They, they didn't send up a flare like we do sometimes. They didn't start calling everybody in the church or posting on Facebook. Or they didn't, they didn't call the, 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 the Coast Guard and say, hey, send out a ship to help us. They were not deterred by the fact that Jesus seemed to be preoccupied, but they went and they found where he was sleeping, and with all due respect, they began to wake Jesus up. I don't know what they did. Maybe they, maybe they shook him. Maybe somebody got a bucket of water, and instead of throwing it over the side, they poured it on his face. Maybe they yanked the blanket off of him or pulled the pillow out from under his head, but when they woke him up, they knew what to do. They cried out, we're about to die, and we need you to save us, Lord. Amen. And it's interesting to note that just before Jesus speaks to the wind, and just before Jesus rebukes the storm, and just before there was a great calm, Jesus turns to them and he comments on the amount of faith that it takes in order for God to step in today and move in your life to help your family to move on your behalf. And Jesus says to them, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Little faith. Everybody say little faith. Not great faith. Not amazing faith. Not, not hey, O ye, you mighty men of valor, thanks for waking me up. O ye of little faith. Just a little faith. That's all it takes this morning for someone to get the attention of Jesus. Just a little faith. Before you leave this room today, somebody needs to purpose in their heart to just get into the presence of Jesus one more time. In spite of the storm that is raging in your life, I want to say to this church, come on fearful disciple come on man that maybe you didn't break through in the worship service today maybe you're going through something fearful disciple let your storm bring you to where Jesus is and when you get to that place where Jesus is today just go ahead and cry out hey Lord I've been fighting for a long time my marriage is a mess my kids aren't living for God my health is taking a turn for the worst Maybe the bills are piling up and I'm struggling to keep my head above water and it feels like I'm going to die. So I'm telling you, when you get to Jesus, just tell him what you need. Save me because I feel like I'm about to die. Someone needs to come to Jesus today and find him, find him. Get to where he is. Move in faith and cry out. Here it is, Lord. I need you. Save me. Because I believe that even in all of this, you are still in control. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. It doesn't matter what you're facing this week. God is in control. Would you lift your hands right where you're seated and just pray it. God, you're in control. God, you're in control. God, you're in control. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too difficult for you. There's nothing too difficult for you today, Lord. Come on, lift up those voices. God, you're in control. God, you're in control. 
God, you're in control. Stand with me all over this church. Singers and musicians, you can come. Remember this, you might be struggling. But Jesus is near today. Man, he's so near. He's so near. He's so near. When we get in trouble, sometimes we just do the wrong thing. Trouble that we've caused. Maybe it's trouble that somebody else has caused for us. A lot of times we just do the right, the wrong thing. But today we need to do the right thing. God is, he's near today. With the chance, I want you to play Jesus for one minute. Come and stand right back here with the chance. Just come and stand right back there. With the chance, just come stand right back here. Everybody say, hello, Jesus. Jesus is near. And sometimes we're facing the world in front of us. And we've got 99 problems, right? How many can agree? We've got all, we've got all kind of things going on. And we're looking out and we're fighting and we're, we're going through life and we're facing different circumstances and we're doing the best we can. And sometimes we forget to look over our shoulder and remember, oh, he's right here with me. He's in the boat with me. And we go all over the place looking for the answers. But this is what I want us to do today as a matter of practical illustration. Everything going on in your life right now, I want you to just, you know what it is. Everything going on in your life. I want you to get that in your mind. Everybody have it? If you have it, say amen. But I want you just to, just do it. Just look over your shoulder. Just look backwards. Oh, Jesus is here. Come on, do it. Just do it. Don't forget that he's right behind you. And as long as we're saying that, don't forget he's right in front of you fighting for you. As long as we're saying that, don't forget he's, he's, look to your left. He's to your left. Come on, look to your right. God is all around you. You are not alone. You don't have to control everything. Let go of the things you can't fix. And say, Lord, I trust in you again because I know that you are in control. Just a little bit of faith is going to move him today in your life. As these singers get ready to sing, I want some fearful disciple to begin to move towards this altar, begin to move towards this place of prayer, some fearful soul, and cry out, Jesus, I need you to wake up in my life. Come on, somebody begin to move towards Jesus. I need you. Come on, somebody let your, your faith-filled worship tell the Lord one more time you're in control let your faith move the heart of God in your situation no matter what you do before you leave today make sure you're someone that trusts in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding come on fearful disciple lift up your hands go ahead and sing it Come on, fearful disciple, lift up your hands. Come on, mother and father, bring your family and say, we're going to trust God again. We're going to believe God again. We're going to go to him in prayer. We're going to worship him again. We're going to lay it at his feet. God, you're in control today. You make the darkness tremble. Come on, every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. Jesus, save us today.